Hey there, you are hearing Franklin speaking with your host Shemanti, where I'll be in conversation with women in science, sharing their experience, contribution, and prospective planning in different scientific fields in an extremely entertaining and informative way. So stay tuned to find out some awesome woman-centric science stories. I'll start this episode with one of Maya Angelou's saying. I would like to be known as an intelligent woman, a courageous woman, a loving woman, a woman who teaches by being. With all those threats and much more, our next guest, Ms. Polina, is truly a phenomenal woman. Being through adverse circumstances, she chose her passion for science, embarked on research and now influencing the world by her scientific contribution and artistic persona. So keep listening to Franklin speaking. I want to uh, correct your pron- uh, pronunciation the, of your name. So is it Palina or Palina? I want to correct it. Maybe the second. Oh, both of it is okay. So you can call just Polina. Polina, okay. So uh, you have you are a master student at uh, Nagasaki University, and you have you have done your bachelor's from Belarus, and you have also volunteered at UNICEF at Belarus, and you have also been assistant professor there at Belarus University, and alongside you are also an illustrator and joining Nagazashi magazine as illustrator yes so you're thriving you are you have you have different talents thank you yeah so tell me like uh, about your study or what you are working on right now uh, so r- right now i have moved to the new lab um, because i will graduate soon from my master course in September, so just next month, and I have finished all my work uh, according to the master course, so I have defense my thesis and uh, finished all the experiments and published the article. So, um, just not to lose the time, I have already started the experiments in my new lab, which I have chosen for the PhD. Yes. Yeah. And congratulations yeah. on yes. acceptance to PhD also. Thank you very much. <laughs> And I see, I've seen that you have also a paper published recently as a first author. Uh, yes, uh, but anyway, all the courses uh, significantly helped me in all of this research. So I just um, listened to their recommendations and provided these uh, experiments. But uh, anyway, each of them uh, made a huge influence for these articles. So uh, where are you originally from? Like, I have seen a couple of places you have been to your academia. Um, places of... Like, you, have, uh, you are from Belarus or you are actually from Japan? I'm from Belarus. Okay, okay. So you are studying at Japan? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm Belarusian and I received my bachelor at my home country and moved to Japan just for this master course. So I'm living here for two years already. Okay, okay. 
so can you talk can you talk more about your research uh, like what you uh, were working on your masters and what you will you will be working on your phd uh so as for the master course uh the specialization was uh, disaster and radiation medicine um so uh, we uh, looked at uh, the influence of ionizing radiation to human health or cells so uh, my department was uh, the department of radiation biology and protection so i was mainly concentrated on radiobiology and as for the methods which were used in our lab they were mainly cell biology mm, yeah. uh, method so uh, i may uh, conduct experiment and then looked into the microscope on cells to see uh, how uh, ionizing radiation or in my case in my research i use just oxidative stress h2o2 okay, okay. and not ionizing radiation because it's similar to small doses of radiation oh, oh, uh, but okay. anyway i tried to irradiate cells just to see how is it going okay. uh, so i uh, treated cells with h2o2 or with some control chemicals and then looked at dna damage uh tried to find single strand breaks and double strand breaks and then i looked at um, connection between these two types of damage and uh, suggested that because of the replication single strand breaks are converted to into double strand Oh wow. Uh so uh yeah yes yeah, so with different methods there are specific methods to detect uh, these SSBs and specific methods to detect PSBs yes, mm -hmm. but all of it is through the microscope and to, uh, have statistically uh, proved uh, data I have to find at least 100 cells in a specific uh, cell cycle phase which I'm interested in I uh, was concentrated on as phase cell. Okay, okay. And then uh, to take photos or just to look at these 100 cells per one uh, experiment and um, count uh, either the Microsoft DNA damage uh, or the, calculate the intensity through the software, fluorescence intensity. So we mostly used fluorescence staining. And that's why I had to use fluorescent microscope, which is in the dark room. And you have to sit for several hours in the dark room and uh, find cells. So it was really difficult. Know. Yeah, yeah, I can understand. So it is a very interesting Without study. Like I have never heard that SSB is converting into BSB in a, in order to I I think it's the first kind of study you have done, yeah? Um, uh, there are several articles uh, suggesting this conversion, but uh, these experiments were uh, conducted, for example, on bacterial cells. Okay, so you are or, doing human cells. Yeah, yes, uh, on human cells. Okay. So I, I think there is no, no, nothing about them. like that. Yeah. So next, I wanted to uh, ask you was what made you interested in you know, uh, working on uh, this DNA repair or biomedical sciences as a whole? Uh, so as for my bachelor degree, um, I studied at medical university. 
Okay. So, uh, all, all my education is on the medical field. Okay. And um, my specialization was preventive medicine. Uh, I tried to prevent diseases caused from different environmental factors, and one of the environmental factors was uh, ionizing radiation. Um, because in Belarus, we pay attention to it because of the Chernobyl disaster. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was one of the branches of uh, my uh, major. And um, so after that, uh, so I have chosen Nagasaki University because there was a specific um, program. Uh, this is a joint, joint program uh, for radiation joined between Nagasaki and Fukushima. Okay. It was created uh, several years just after the Fukushima disaster. Okay. So it was very uh, similar to uh, the interest which I had in Belarus. So it is, uh, is it true that there are lots of uh, like people in Japan who had been infected, uh, but like affected by the radiation and still have those kind of mutations in them? Like those nuclear bombs have affected that? So uh, we know that uh, Japanese people were uh, exposed to, uh, to atomic bomb expo explosions and to the Fukushima uh, disaster on the uh, nuclear power plant um, but as for the health effects uh, on them because of this radiation uh, it was proven that there is no effect after the Fukushima disaster because doses were very low in comparison with Chernobyl disaster where many people received very high doses and then uh, uh, severe uh, effect okay. where observed in Fukushima, it's okay. Uh, sure, as for the atomic bombing, there were effects on people, uh, both uh, deterministic and uh, stochastic uh, proven. Um, mm. But now the doses, uh, so everything is normal, yes. Okay, okay, this is declined. Okay, so and it's then normal. Uh, not normal city here okay, sure. because some, sometimes I tell somebody that I study in Nagasaki and everybody knows Nagasaki because of the atomic bombing and they are afraid that maybe there is radiation here now there is no radiation so <laughs> more it, than 70 years it has decreased it is like normal now yes and everything was clean sure okay. so what would you say is the uh, you know difficult aspect of the research you are doing here? Like the difficult things you are facing on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, for, uh, or, or interesting, me, you can, you can talk. Personally for me. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, personally for you. Uh, for me, it was difficult to work with a microscope. Okay. Um, yeah, it was very difficult twice. Uh, so, um, I have to use eye drops to continue working um, because I have never uh, did such uh, done such work before. Um, but anyway, it was interesting, just yeah. because of this and darkness, and you should concentrate on the moving fields. Uh, and I directly looked at the Oculus with a microscope because, as a, because of the fluorescent staining, it was the most uh, 
it it was the best way to catch uh, the, even the silent changes themselves. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then uh, for me it was difficult to um, to receive fa failed results to have failed experiments, but uh, I think you have heard from other researchers uh, about this problem, but uh, it was my first uh, research and I didn't know about the real situation that uh, in my master's thesis I will write just 10% of the results or uh, 10% of the experiments which I conducted and in the article maybe just 5%. Uh, were, were written very very small part. I have done so many experiments. Uh, some of them were failed because I uh, was on the process of training of the technique. Some of them were uh, not used because um, then we changed the concept of the research a bit, okay. uh, the, the direction. Okay. So it was not necessary. And each, uh, uh, the most difficult for me was chromosome experiment because here I had to receive well-observed chromosomes. So the cells should be large and well, with well-spread chromosomes with appropriate distance between cells. In other way, I, do, I cannot take photos and then observe each separate chromosome in detail. So uh, I even cannot obtain the result, and I have to uh, retake the experiment more and more times. Just uh, <laughs> yes, and and slightly change the technique to uh, to find the way how to receive these chromosomes. I, I was thinking that uh, oh, I work with uh, experienced scientists; they should know how to do it. But yeah. nobody knows what will work with my style. Yes. So, you know, these are the things it happens, you know, as we go on, we will understand that many more failed experiments are yet to come, I think. Uh, I can say that failed experiment is normal. Is, uh, and if it is successful, it's something unexpected. So yeah. it should be yeah. such yeah. a statement in the scientist's mind. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It yeah, should well, be ready. Good. Yeah. So now I, know I want to talk about like uh, what you are going to do next. You are going to PhD at the same university, like in Nagasaki? Yes, uh, same university. Okay, so you are continuing with same similar kind of uh, research? Um, so the university is the same, graduate school is the same, but the department is different. Okay. Uh, so I was in the Department of Radiation Biology and Protection, and now I have changed the department to Neurobiology and Behavior. Okay. So, all the best for your future research. Um, uh, um, as I said, in Belarus, I uh had major in radiation sciences and my master was in radiation sciences but for phd i didn't uh, chosen uh, i didn't choose the radiation sciences and switched to totally another field um because um, uh, yes yeah, so before the masters i was concentrated on the environmental factor which influenced it 
the human health. But as for the human health, I learned about it on different levels, on molecular level, cellular level, uh, organs, uh, tissue organs level, organism, human level and population level. So it is too uh, unfocused uh, study. Yeah. And when I tried laboratory work here, it was my, as I said, my first research work just using hand, using this pipe, okay, okay. tube cells. I really li liked it and I was thinking I would like to do exactly laboratory work. So I'm no more interested in the population level, in epidemiological studies, in statistical analysis of cohorts and uh, something like that. So I'm interested just in cells and effectively. But as I said, when you asked about uh, the challenges and I first said about the microscope. microscope yeah. So uh, I have chosen the lab where I will not use the microscope in such amount. And uh, so it was um, a microscope is a method of cell biology. Yes. And now I will use molecular biology and biochemical method. So no microscope and moreover, I will enlarge my ability for laboratory work. And then after the PhD course, I have a wider range of skills, yes. which I have obtained. Uh, so I can do anything. As for the microscope, so uh, I know how to conduct research using it and if uh, so I can design the research or even do it by myself or with assistant who will look for eight hours per day to the microscope. Um, but anyway, just uh, knowing cell biology methods is not enough, I think, nowadays, because when you look at the requirements of uh, different laboratory positions in various uh, companies, you need to know everything, not just chromosome uh, experiment but also PCR, uh, uh, SDS page, yes, electrophoresis, question blood, uh, all sorts everything. of things, yeah. Yes, all everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, because for example during master course so I made chromosome, I did a chromosome experiment, micronucleus assay, immunofluorescence, so as for the micronucleus assay, it, it, many people even don't know what is it. Yes. It's almost uh, not used. It was just to support the results of uh, immunofluorescent experiment. It's not so uh, specific. Mm -hmm. So it's just roughly uh, suggests the results. Yeah, I understand. So you are like broadening your horizon and learning and so much new things yes yes but uh, anyway so i will work with cells uh, treated with different uh, substances different, as yes. i did during my master course but just to use different other methods to yes. detect change yeah so now i want to talk about like uh, you know i have read that in japan uh, there is one in every seven scientists are female so you are probably going to be one of them and you are inspiring so many people, so many newcomers. So, uh, who would you say that your inspiration was growing up? Any, you know, professor, your friend, or anything? It it will probably be a better if it's a woman. And who was your inspiration? 
inspiration to become a scientist? Yes, yes, yes. Like, or uh, in life, you can say, you can say both. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, as for uh, this fact about the women in Japan, so I would like to uh, support it because in my new lab uh, there are six researchers. Uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, yeah, six uh, researchers and only me is a woman. So five are yeah. men and only me one. is a woman. So it's less than like twenty uh, percent. Like the percentage is mad. Uh, yes. So only men before me were researchers in this lab. So maybe for them it's a bit strange, <laughs> like for me too. But in Belarus there is most opposite situation because uh, maybe it's not so well paid and uh, men prefer to choose some other career and mainly women go to research positions uh, at universities. Um, so when I'm thinking what, what, what to choose, so uh, it went some, uh, some like smoothly. So uh, I have chosen medical university because I was interested in chemistry at school. Mm -hmm. Then, after um, studying at this medical university, I chosen radiation. And then I studied, 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 uh, maybe just because I like to study. Um, but everything was theoretical, and both in Belarus, uh, as I said, I didn't conduct such real research. It was every, uh, everything was theoretical. But here, there was another type of research. It was real research in a wet lab by hand um i don't i, I can't say that uh, there is some exact person that inspired me to become a scientist so it, as i said it, it went smoothly through my life yes and uh, I, I didn't know whom i will become but now i'm here and for that moment of my life it's okay yeah so, like, you are probably an inspiration for many students back in Belarus and also in Japan. So, you are really doing great. So, I wanted to ask that uh, there are, like, in India also, I, I see that the percentage of uh, uh, scientists, women scientists versus a male scientists are very, like, low. So, what do you think is the reason, not in, like, as a whole in whole world what do you think we can do or you know the authority do to encourage more women or girls to be in science mm, i think that um uh, this is because women have a dilemma in their life every every woman has this uh, dilemma uh, to choose the family or to choose the science unfortunately yeah. yes it's a real situation and if a, a woman decides to choose a family it may become difficult to conduct research or uh, as for my situation my husband didn't support me um in in my research in in belarus because it was uh, very bad paid 
and so it wasn't enough what was was not enough for for us and he didn't support my inspiration my passion to this work so but, but for me as the, the most important part is that i should love what i do yes uh, and not to work uh, somewhere that in some place that i hate yes um so we had some uh, misunderstandings about the uh, my work about the place of research in my life so and f- finally we diverged uh, because i have chosen science uh, so now i don't have this dilemma what to choose family or science because i have already done my choice <laughs> but as for other women it may be so difficult to do it Yeah. Uh, it's a very tough choice to do. They... Yeah. It's a very tough thing to do. Like, kudos to you, but there are women who cannot really do that or had uh, doesn't have that much of capability or the mindset in them that they can, you know, uh, go out of a situation where they are being jeopardized their career and choose what what they are most passionate about. So it's really very inspiring. Uh, sh- sure, there are women that can do both. Both. Uh, it's not like that. Yeah, they can. If they family. Uh, I-, I think it's very, uh, very strong women. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so uh, for example, in now uh, university, I, I know just several women who are faith, and uh, yes, it's very inspirational that they can do both. Oh. Cope with their family and cope with their research and even medical practices. Yes, it's very difficult for me. Yes, sure, it's very inspirational. Yeah, I talk to you. Yeah. So now I'm. I wanted to talk about your arts. You are really great at you know painting. I have seen many of your artworks, and I will put the uh, pictures on the video. So the first thing I seen that when you first entered your lab, the reflection in your eyes, the you know conical flowers, and that was like amazing. And the other one was like a DNA repair uh, while a where a man was repairing the stands of DNA. So how did you get all those ideas? Do you like get those while working, or do you have to think about it? Um. So I can say that I didn't pay didn't paint too much before Japan. Just after arriving here, uh, I started to do something like that. Um, but I painted on general topics, and after uh, starting the experiment, it really inspired me. And I really like this experiment. I spent a lot of time in the lab from the early morning till the late night doing uh, this experiment. And then I, uh, it was uh, at home, and uh, we had some New Year holidays. Maybe I think something like that uh, around uh, the end of December. And I was thinking, so maybe I would like to. uh d- document uh, some moments from my lab because as, uh, sometimes i'm thinking about the aim of painting is it just to throw away the paper and i think maybe it was paint something that i can take a, can take a photo yeah 
Yeah. So I can only paint it. And um, as for this first picture reflection from the lab, I have remembered the moment when I first came to the lab and I have seen all these micro pipettes and the tubes and the, all the lab equipment, all the dishes. Um, I was so impressed because, for example, in Belarus, I have seen the micro pipettes only once in my life and just to look at it, not to touch, and so surely not, not to use. And here I was allowed to use everything and I was taught uh, how to do it. And I could do experiments using all of this equipment. And for example, as for the dishes for cell culture, they were plastic and I could throw it away just after one use and not to outclave uh, and reuse it again and again. So it, it was really uh, impressionable for, for me. And um, I really looked with such eyes, with large eyes and trying to catch uh, all the details here. And it was my first lab and I looked um, uh, the first days I looked at everything and then I asked and say, what, what is it? What is it? Yes. It was not connected to my research. It was just something that laid on the uh, on the bench. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I came, uh, was coming to him with a list of questions and he eternally answered all of all of it. Now in the new lab, I know most of the things and I'm not so excited as in my first lab. <laughs> yes, but it, it, it was funny and uh, I made a series of these um, pictures about my laboratory and then came to my professor of the lab and showed it. Oh. So he was really lucky and he didn't expect it, first of all. And uh, it was showing all my emotions from this. Yes, yes. I was like a child here. Yeah, you were amazing. Yes, yes. I, I, I can understand because when uh, in bachelors also, here also we are not allowed to do much. So when I entered the master's and entered my first laboratory, I was also, okay, there are so much things to do. And uh, like, I haven't uh, read any of this, don't even knew any of this. So yeah, I can see it's a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing I wanted to ask that arts and science doesn't really, you know, stereotypically doesn't go hand in hand. There are so many stereotypes that when you are doing scientific research, you have to, you know, sometimes compromise on your artistic side but you are doing so great doing both simultaneously and i also think that it's very important to keep your artistic creative side on mind because sometimes it you know creates revelation in your research also so what is your plan regarding your arts like what, do you want to sell it or you know exhibit it somewhere or anything else will you be continuing it uh, while doing phd um, I would like to continue doing art because I really enjoy this process, but um, uh, I don't know if I will receive some support in my new laboratory because I think that here the lab is uh, more serious and I think if I will talk about my art, they will just say that I'm wasting my time, I should do more experiments if I have time. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so in, in my previous lab, it was just a master course. It was maybe not so serious compared to with a PhD. And yeah, they supported me a lot with these uh, paintings. And as I said, I showed it first to my professor and supervisor. Um, this uh, lab, uh, maybe I can feel even by myself that I waste my, my time and I should work more on the experiments. In this case, I plan to think more about the more serious scientific illustrations, for example, to create uh, artistical chemical pathways, for example, for my hypothesis and for the results. Anyway, I will do it because um, as for the master uh, course, I included such uh, illustrations for the presentation for, for physics defense. So anyway, it is necessary so I can put my inspiration at least at these illustrations and nobody can tell me that I was wasting my time because yeah. it uh, contains... Yes, I'm doing my work and it contains information that was necessary to include the, to some slides. And um, as for the exhibitions, I, I don't know. So uh, I tried to uh, to organize an exhibition in my university, but because of the coronavirus, it was prohibited. And I think it will be prohibited for a lot of time even after that because of the pandemic. So my professor just um, put uh, my artwork on the website of the laboratory, so it was yeah, like something yeah. online, uh, online exhibition. Yeah, so I think it's enough for me. And then this Arts and Science series was published in Nagasashi uh, yes. uh, on the summer issue. So I, I, I think it's enough for at least for this period. Mm, I have started the series of this mm, new lab, so I will know more uh, paint about the master's lab. But as for the PhD, I have just three, uh, yes, three paint uh, painting. Um, but uh, maybe it's just for me. I uh, when I look at it, I just remember these moments because I don't. Uh, paint just something to paint. I have some situation, uh, emotional situation, which I just put uh, on the paper. On the painting, uh, yeah. You're really living yes. through those all those paintings. Uh, yes, if I had some stress, it's, it's not just about happiness, it's about uh, stress, fear, danger, danger, or something like that, anything. It's great. I can see the paintings behind you also. Those are really great. Like I haven't seen something like that, that before. This is from my first lab, uh, like washing dishes. Washing, yeah. I saw it on your Instagram. Yes, for me it was unexpected. In Belarus, we scientists don't wash anything. There are some laboratory assistants who do, who do it, but here in Japan, uh, I think it's because of the culture, because uh, everybody cleans his own workspace and it doesn't um, matter if you're a professor, associate professor, professor, or just student. Everybody clean. <laughs> That's very important. So, 
Yes, and after experiments, uh, everybody washes everything after Okay, so I guess it will be the last question of this podcast. I wanted to know that what would you say to the upcoming, you know, women or girls who are coming into science, either in like Belarus or Japan or in a world that, uh, what do you want to say? You can say that in your own native language also. I, I will appreciate if you say that. Um, so I would like to say um, because I was faced with uh, such situation, I was thinking that my research is not important. And I was talking a lot with my sensei and he said, even a small part of it, it, it will be published and other researchers can look at it and maybe they will decide not to repeat it because it is already done. So it will save the time of other scientists or maybe it will be used in other research to support some idea. It, it's all, it, it's always necessary. So yeah. don't think if you didn't develop some medicine for cancer treatment, it doesn't worse to be done. Sure or not. So if you want to do something new, if you are curious about uh, new knowledge, so you have this scientific curiosity, please do at least something. It will anyway will be valuable. Yeah, that's that's really good. And anything you want to say in, in your own native language, because I want to like, incorporate diversity because so many people from so many different countries are going. So, can you say something? Uh, in my native language, so in Belarusian. Yes. Uh, I would say, Belarusi trimaitis i dobra. What does it mean? Um, so, I just said that uh, Belarusians. Uh, should uh, keep the spirit and everything will, will be okay and so yes because of the situation in yes. our country now yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah so thank you very much for joining this podcast you mean a great for this podcast because you are a very experienced uh, and inspiring person and i uh, i hope all the best wishes for your upcoming endeavors Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you asked me so many interesting questions. And w w when you asked again and again, um, uh, I came up with some ideas which I didn't think before. So it's mm. really a talent to ask questions. I think you are doing really well. Thanks. So thank you very much for this interview. Thank you. So I will. Do thank you so much for tuning in. Polina's artwork and her paper will be linked in the show note and description below. Do check those out and keep listening to Franklin Speaking.